And here we are, reeling in some of South Florida's craziest real estate experiences today. We're talking about real estate fraud, scams, wire fraud, you name it. And that we're I don't, about I don't actually stuff. need to do anything. This isn't the breakfast with the broker, it's Marshall, right, lunch with Marshall. <laughs> Good afternoon. Breakfast with the broker every Tuesday at 9 a.m. I mean 1.30, I mean 9 a.m. Uh, today we have a real special guest, as you know, uh, Marshall Sklar, the uh, fishing extraordinaire. Uh, we're uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, scams. We're also going to talk a little bit about his business model, which is unique to the market, as well as uh, some auction properties. Marshall, thanks, man. I appreciate you being here. My pleasure. Uh, yes, so let's start off with you the real estate fraud. Scam. There's a couple of scams out there. I don't know. You know, for some reason they target realtors, they target buyers, sellers. It's easy. They target the money. Yep. Uh, and the we did a filming. It's actually airing tonight, 6 p.m. on WPTV, which then syndicates nationally on Fox and CNN. And it's all about some of the most recent crazy frauds that we've seen in South Florida real estate, ranging from wire fraud, where people act like they're selling a home when they're really not the actual seller, but they'll sign a listing agreement and they'll go literally to the closing table, make up a fake social, get a wire transfer to themselves and act like I could act like you. As long as I have your name, <laughs> date of birth, copy of your driver's license and all that stuff is so easy for hackers to get. It's crazy. I, you know, the rental scam, you know, that you were, we were talking Which about. Which one? <laughs> Rental scam number one. All right, so <laughs> rental scam number one. You want me to tell everybody about yeah, it? Yeah, let's go. Guys, there's a couple of reasons we're doing this today. Number one is what's called deterrence. We want to deter the perpetrators from doing this. And number two is awareness. If the general public is aware of what's happening, and we can spread that by using social media, Facebook, whatever you have, Twitter, um, it helps. It helps create awareness so that if you ever encounter something like this, you may say, you know what? Wait a second. I saw a video about this. So rental scam, number one. And I have a whole book of them, guys. I have a whole list here on my phone. And I'm like, David, we have to narrow this down to just like two or three. Is this. So we have a bunch of rental properties that we manage, we own, and we'll list them on all different websites, from Zillow to Craigslist to Facebook Marketplace. And what happens is scam artists will then create duplicate ads, same photo, same everything. And they'll put their own phone number. Usually it's a Google voice phone number, so you can't track who it is. And they will put the... Uh, an ad out saying, let's just say my condo is unit 234 and it's $1,800 a month. They'll put unit 234 for $500 a month. Looks legit, same picture, same everything. It'll say contact listing agent and their name is Michael Johnson instead of Marshall Sklar. A non-sophisticated prospective tenant may call them and then they'll say, hey, I'm really interested in unit 234. What do I have to do to get it for 500 bucks a month? Oh, no problem. I'll send you a rental application, fill this out, and then you're gonna just wire your deposit to my escrow account for my brokerage. Person fills out the information. What does it ask? Name, phone number, date of birth, copy of your driver's license, and your social security number. So then they send it all back in, just like they're dealing with an actual realtor they don't know. They send all their information in, and they wire a deposit for 500 bucks, and guess what? The scam artist just won. They not only stole your identity, but they got your, they got paid yeah, to steal your identity. So we have that had, yeah, it, it's brilliant, and uh, we are not trying to encourage this by, by telling you how they do it, but we have had numerous people call our office in the past saying, well, I just wired $500. And go, Where did you wire it? And they're like, your Bank of America account in England. Well, we don't have Bank of America, and we don't have an account in England, and 
it's not 500 bucks a month, it's $2,500 a month. So guys, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. That's key issue number one. Number two is- And a lot of times they do, uh, they'll, they'll do it on Zillow and they'll send you an applicant, a rental application. Zillow has their own screening process. Yeah, so, they'll, they'll... so it'll look, it looks legit, yeah. you know, and, Another reason why not to use Zillow, but... Um, and then right. I, I want to give a point to like, <laughs> all right, I don't really practice as a realtor any longer, but I do own a brokerage. And I will say this, there's some value beyond just having someone that's experienced in using an actual licensed realtor. I'm going to tell you two things. Number one is myfloridalicense.com. Go to that website and verify the person. When they say, I'm a licensed realtor, you can put in their name, go to verify license, and just simply type in their name. Oh, your name's David Searle? Type in David Searle. And you could see if they've ever had a license complaint against them. You could see how long they've been licensed don't for. Don't my license. No, I, exactly. don't, I don't have any. Uh, just but it's pretty cool that you could verify the integrity of what they're stating. And the other thing is using a licensed real estate agent when you actually know you have a real brokerage behind you, such as a REMAX, Florida's Best, any big brokerage that's a legit licensed brokerage in the state of Florida, they are typically insured. And at the very least, if they're not insured, they're legit. Uh, and there's just, there's so much value in knowing that who you're working with is legitimate versus... And, and being out there, I mean, you know, obviously you're a very well-respected broker in the industry. And I'm not a broker. I mean, I'm sorry, owner in the yeah, industry. I, 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 you know what, I, I always make that mistake. I am an owner, investor, and a <laughs> licensed salesperson. Yes. I was so confused, I was like, wait. <laughs> That's why I did not put broker on there. It's breakfast with a broker. Yes. <laughs> you're funny. But um, you're very well respected owner in the real estate industry. Um, you've done some amazing things. And you know, when we're looking at scams, uh, fortunately, unfortunately, the people that have the most rental units, people who have um, the biggest amount of business, that does the most amount of business with public realtors and, and such, are gonna be targets of those scams. And, and yeah. certainly, um, you know, you've had uh, your fair share. Uh, tell us number two. Number two, the fake certified check scam. This one I love sharing because it's happened quite a few times and we've caught them. And we, does the language matter on this video? No. We like to really fuck with them. So <laughs> uh, here's, here's what happens. The scam artist, they send you an offer to rent a property. They say, great, send me all the paperwork, I'll fill it in. They do, they fill everything out and then they overnight you, FedEx, a certified check. So let's just say the rental was $2,500. They're gonna overnight you 3,500 or maybe 4,000. You get a real FedEx. It comes from a real name, usually somewhere in like the middle of the United States, like Bob Tucker from Kentucky, right? You open up your FedEx, here's a certified check. It looks so legit, it's got the carbon paper and everything. You deposit it to your escrow account. Two days later, they call you or they email you. Hey, Marshall, I'm so sorry. I know it was supposed to be 2,500. I sent you 3,500 by accident. If you don't mind, can you send me back the extra thousand? I totally screwed up. My kid ran to the bank, got me the wrong amount. Sounds legit. I cut them back a check for a thousand from my escrow. It clears. So now my thousand dollars clears my account. I find out two to three weeks later, their certified check or bank check, cashier's check, whatever the name is, it's fake. They literally print their own legit looking carbon copy checks. They're not real. And we almost fell victim for that about five years ago. And ever since then, we've gotten quite a few inquiries, probably one every six months of almost identical nature. 
And now we go along with it. Yeah, we put your thousand dollars in the mail. It should be here tomorrow. <laughs> and we will send them back something in the mail, but it won't be a check. It'll be a letter with my, uh, you know, go F yourself on it or something. <laughs> We've, uh, well, you'll see uh, tonight on WPTV, one of our agents, so, you know, I had a, a wire fraud where, you know, they've gotten really sophisticated, you know, with, with emails and, and being able to hack into chains of emails. So it looks like it's directly from David Searle, directly from Marshall Sklar, directly from that title representative that, you know, in the chain of emails. So you'll see other people, you know, your emails back and forth and they'll copy and what have you. And they'll, they'll say, hey, wire me, you know, 642,000, you know, and um, to this account and it'll look legit. It'll be, usually it's a Wells Fargo or Bank of America, Chase. It's a, it's a, usually a big bank. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, we, you know, we've had a couple of those. So we always tell people, let's see, you got to verify. I mean, you really can't just rely so on people. what's your advice? Like, we always tell people, call. Yeah. The problem is don't call a number on the wire instructions because if it's a sophisticated scam artist, they're going to put, here's the wiring instructions. If you have any questions, please call this number. What you probably want to do, at least what we've done, is we Google the company's number. So if it's Sunbelt Mortgage, we're going to Google Sunbelt Mortgage. We're going to call the number that shows up on Google. Now, a really sophisticated scam artist would create a Google page for Sunbelt Mortgage. But they're usually using big name banks and big name title companies. So that the chance of them stealing their Google page would be slim to none. Call them and verify that, hey, is this legitimately your account number? Read the account number and then follow that up with an email as well. Sure. What do you say to do? Yeah, no, I say, you know, don't take an incoming call. Make sure it, you are actually the, the caller. Because uh, we had one where they actually called us and said, hey, this is, you know, Marshall from the title company. You know, um, you are going to be receiving an email and uh, you need to send that $65,000 as soon as possible so we're able to fund tomorrow or we're able to fund on Friday or whatever. So my thought uh, on this or my advice would be call the title company. You already have the title company's number typically by that time, the real title company's number. Ask for the one person that you've been dealing with and then verify that it's 60, you know, verify the amount. Because what happened was it obviously was a, you know. But when you verify, don't say, hey, is the wire amount 65,210? Right. Right. You ask them, how much is the wire amount that I owe you? And if they don't say the exact amount that you have in front of you, then you know that it's not legit. If you tell them, hey, I'm sending you $65,210.10, they'd be like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Exactly, and, and I tell I tell realtors all the time uh, to make sure you tell your buyers uh, and sellers, for that matter. But you're mostly your buyers because this is what that wire fraud scam is about. Uh, I tell them you need to make sure you phone call, make sure that you're on top of everything, make sure that you're speaking to the the buyers and letting them know. Do not wire anything without speaking and verifying with the title company. And a couple of pointers I'll share to create some more awareness so that you, the consumers, are cognizant of what's happening is the red flags. Number one red flag that we've seen is if you ever see a change in wiring instructions last minute or bank account information from a recipient, that's a red flag. The most common scam is where they'll change, oh, you know what, I was gonna wire to my SunTrust account, but if you don't mind, send it to my Bank of America instead. That right there, you should lose sleep over if you don't address it immediately. And the other thing, just some advice for consumers and brokers and realtors, everybody is 
Use a local company to do your closing that you can literally drive to, walk in, verify that they're really there, and Google them. Read about them online because Google reviews and Yelp reviews, all these websites for reviews, it makes a big difference. We pride ourselves. Like my company, 850 online reviews. We push consumers to write reviews about their experiences. And if something doesn't go perfectly, we make it right so that we earn five stars. If a company seems shady, something seems off, you're the consumer. If you're paying for title, you can choose which title agency you use. Don't feel pressure. And if something doesn't smell right, don't use them. Yeah, and a lot of times they'll switch title companies in the middle. They'll say, hey, you know, we were using XYZ title, but now we're going to use ABC title. Well, what do you do? You call the listing agent, you confirm and verify that the title company That's has been one. changed. And, you know, so you just got to be very careful in this day in society where people want to screw you. Um, <laughs> you know, you need and to make sure. it's gotten easier now with the no, internet. of course. Yeah, it all, they got people on the phone and emails just doing this all day long, and it, and it, it really is a shame. But uh, um, actually, you can you can see Marshall on WPTV tonight. I don't know uh, if I'm going to be on, but uh, my office will be our newly uh, remodeled conference yes, room. Yes, it was very nice. I like the blue. Uh, yeah. What, uh, you call it blue something? It was blue Bahia. Bahia. Oh, blue Bahia. It, it had to give Alliteration. My, our buddy Ben Chapter <laughs> and David. I had to give them a run for the money on their conference tables. <laughs> Uh, why don't so, we talk about where to report these frauds? Yeah, that, that's good. If Absolutely. you're ever a victim or potential victim, if someone tried to defraud you, start with your local police department. Now, they have internet crimes divisions, and very often it kind of gets brushed under the rug if there's not a real victim. If it's a major crime, I don't know what the limitation is, $500,000, a million dollars, but the federal government has what's called Internet Crime Division 3 or IC3. That's the FBI. Report stuff like this to them, and they're on it. And it looks like you do. You might even be able to do it online. You can. Yeah. 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 You can call them. They'll guide you through exactly right. what I just told you. This is not legal advice. When no, I no, say no, this no. Guy. We're not attorneys. Take none of this. We are not attorneys. <laughs> Don't interpret any of this as legal advice. I'm telling you from personal experiences with this stuff what they told me to do. I'm just regurgitating that to you. Absolutely. So let's talk about a little uh, your business model, Florida's Best Realty. Um, you know, you have a very unique uh, business uh, value proposition uh, to real estate agents that come on board, to uh, real estate agents looking either to get into business or even experienced agents that come in and uh, want to be part of your team because, you're, you know, you, you've been a very early proponent of reviews and you've done some really cool things to incentivize these reviews and all that stuff. Tell us a little bit about your company. Okay, so let's start off with the business model. Sure. Now, I learned from a guy, Frank Rubin. I was a business broker. When I first got my real estate license, I was licensed to also transact businesses. I did that for six months, and I sold seven businesses in six months, which was really good, but I didn't enjoy doing it. So then I progressed on to residential real estate. And I realized you enjoyed less of that probably. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed even less of that. But that being said, uh, I learned that there was one thing that Frank Rubin taught me that nobody else offered and why I went to his business brokerage, which was called Amerivest and still is, uh, was leads. Frank had a lead generating system that I could sit at a desk all day long and I was really good on the phone, just like now I never shut up. And uh I would call, 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 and every now and then a business owner would pick up. Hey, you, you're interested in selling your business. Oh yeah, I'm retiring. 
great, let's set an appointment. The whole thing was leads. He would give me the lead and he would get a very nice percentage of the revenue from that sale because he gave me the lead. But the whole thing was as a new agent who just got licensed, I didn't know where the hell to start. Do I go, hey, David, you wanna sell your business? Do I start with my friends, my family? It's not like when, you know, you get a real estate license and all your friends and family at some point need a home to either rent or buy. This was businesses. So then I took the same concept and I said, we could do this in residential real estate. This is before Zillow and Trulia even existed. So we started with a tiny little office, like a 10 by 10 space. I subleased it from Frank Rubin and it was basically our call center. We had a cell phone that four agents would share as it rang. I'd get a call, Patricia would get a call, Steve would get a call, and then Lauren would get a call. And we would pass it around and we would take the leads. We would generate them through Craigslist and what was it at the time? MySpace and like mm. all these social media outlets that don't really, well, they exist now, but they're not prominent sources of it. And now we've grown it into, I mean, we're generating three to 500 leads a week. And we distribute those leads to our agents at the same concept, at a higher split for us, but it's because the cost is so high. But the nice thing is for new agents, it gets them off the ground. And then as they get more experienced, we wean them off of our leads and we hope to transition them to a higher split plan where they could be completely independent and don't need anything from us. That's awesome. And uh, tell us about a little about the reviews. You know, you've always okay. been a very, very huge proponent in, in reviews and, and tell us a little bit why and, and what, you know, for those that maybe only have five or 10 reviews, you know, should they, should they work towards uh, more reviews? Okay, so I am a passionate reviewer. Actually, after I closed the deal with you a couple months ago, yes. I don't know if you saw it, I, I left here in the parking I, I lot. Yeah, I wrote a nice review, uh, and I'm considered a, what do they call it, a local tour guide now on Google. I, I get like bonuses, and they pay me and give me gifts for writing reviews about businesses, and that was just completely at their discretion. I didn't even know that I would get those awards. You gave breakfast with a burger review. Yeah. I'll take it. I did. Um, anyway, so yeah, the review thing. You know, the first thing that people do is Google a company these days. Anytime I'm gonna do business with someone or a company or I'm gonna vacation somewhere and I wanna read about the hotel, I Google them. Well, Google rankings typically come up first. Next is Zillow. You'll come up on Zillow reviews. Then comes, I don't know, usually Yelp and some other social media form. Uh, but we really push reviews for a number of reasons. You go on social media, you go on Google, you type in our name, we want people to see 850 plus clients that have experience working with one of my companies and their outcome. And we hope they read the negatives because there's two negatives ever. And it's not that we work miracles. I'll tell you how we avoid the negatives. We've had probably three or four written, only two show. One. It was fraudulent and we sued them. So that one came down. Uh, but the other ones, in the past, if somebody wasn't happy, I personally, I'm the owner of the company, I call them up, I say, what did we do wrong and how can we make it right? And then I shut up. For the first time in my life, I actually shut up. Uh, so we call them, we get on the phone, what did we do wrong and how can we make this right? And as long as they're reasonable, I assure them with 100% certainty Whatever it is that upset you, I'm gonna make it right. Here's my cell phone number, I own this company, I'm not gonna run and hide from you. I don't even ask them to revise the review. We make it right. And then we follow up with another call. We fixed your problem, Mr. Searle. 
The only thing I'll ask from you is please, we noticed that you weren't happy. Can you please update your review reflecting what occurred? And if you look, the two negatives, go on Google, type in our reviews, sort by negative to positive. You'll see two negatives and 847 positives. And you'll see, problem resolved with owner, everything was great. There's a reason for that. We take accountability, and I talk about accountability all the time, and we do the right thing. And then there's some people in South Florida that no matter what you do, <laughs> they're freaking insane, and there's nothing that you could do about it. Nuts. Nuts. Uh, but yeah, they, the reviews are big, and we brag about that. When we go on listing appointments, my agents have a full-color printout of our first page of our Zillow, our first page of Google, and it shows even on our window on Federal Highway, giant sign that says over 850 positive online reviews. People want to know, just like when you go to a restaurant. You want to be at the Zega. Yeah, exactly. Were they rated highly, and if so, why? Absolutely. That's the main reason for it. Um, let's go back one one thing for the scam because we were talking off camera about um, which the, one? The squatter scam. Oh, that was the, the best. squatter scam. I think that was the best, and I t I totally forgot to ask you about it. Um, I, you know, ADHD, the whole squirrel thing. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit about the squatter scam. Squatter this one is I, good. I made this term up, the squatter scam, right? <laughs> so here's how it works. A, I'll tell you how it worked because I figured it out after the fact. Realtors, this is advice for you. You can put your name and you can put a picture on your business card, but don't put your license number. Even though a really good scam artist can figure it out by going on my Florida license, here's what the woman would do. She would go around to real estate offices. She'd walk into Remax, grab, oh, do you have business cards of a few of your agents? Grab five or six. Then she'd go down the street to Keller Williams, grab five or six cards. And she'd go around, get like 50 different business cards. And she sorted through them. And she took the ones that had license numbers, brokerage names, agent name, and cell phone number. Then she would call listing agents, which is easy to do because now you go on Zillow and it says listing agent is David Searle. So she'd call David and say, hi, this is, and as she's looking at the card, this is Mary Johnson from Remax Realty. And I'm trying to get showing instructions to your property at 3603 Northwest Fifth Avenue in Boca. My license is SL12754. And I'm in the car right now. I can't get on the MLS. Do you mind giving me the lockbox code? And guess what? Some listing agents wouldn't know any better. They'd say, oh, no problem, Mary. The code is 1234. Now she goes into the house, she locks the door, she takes the lockbox off the door, and she moves in. That's not a problem. <laughs> so how do we find out about it? We get a call from a realtor, he's like, they love the home, but when's the tenant vacating? <laughs> what do you mean the tenant vacating? I'm like, are you sure you showed the right home? I swear to God, my partner Steve, he was like, Marshall, there's a woman living there with a dog. She was we walked in, she was cooking dinner. So this woman moved into the property. She fully set up, and you know what's the worst part? We had to evict her. Yeah. Because once they put utilities in their name, and if they transfer mail, now you have to go through a formal eviction process. Even though they don't have a lease, they broke into your house. They're squatting, and they could literally do this time and time and time again. It's and crazy. They, they can. I mean, you can pretty much be homeless with a home guaranteed as long as you know how to pull off this squatter scam. So I guess to, in, in order to prevent it, this is not advice to homeless people watching Facebook. No. <laughs> How are they be watching Facebook? Well, listen, even homeless people have phones uh, on Facebook. There are government subsidized cell phone plans. So, in order, 
some advice to kind of prevent some of this would be, uh, we talked about super, but we also making sure everything goes through showtime. Correct. You I know? don't give a lockbox code. I don't care who you ever. are. Ever. No, ever. Unless it's David and I know him and he calls me yeah. on my cell phone. Hey, dude, I would, can I, I would do it though. But you and I would do that. We would go through the proper channels and say showing time or, or, you know, calling your office or whatever. I'm not going to call you and say, hey, can you give me the lockbox code? And we're friends. Does it, you know? So that's the real, you got to take precautionary measures, guys. Use the electronic lockboxes, use Supra. And also the other thing we started doing is putting signs in the windows of the houses. This home is vacant. If you see any activity, floods, fire, or any emergencies, please contact. And I put my contact info. And the last thing I'll advise on that is get to know the neighbors. Whenever we acquire a property, we knock on all the neighbors' doors with our business card and that same sheet that says who to contact and in the event of an emergency, it helps. I've had numerous properties, including one recently in Lake Worth on Carver Street. Neighbor calls me 11 o'clock at night and I'm like, oh God, what is this? He goes, there's someone trying to break in your house right now. Turns out it wasn't someone breaking in, it was the buyer trying to just show their family the house. But thank God for neighbors. Right. If you get to know them, they're going to look out for you. Most people are good people and reasonable people. Get to know the neighbors. And, um, you know, with that Craigslist scam, uh, David Dweck, I think, had a great thing. He, he puts a, uh, uh, a sheet like oh, yeah. you do, yeah. and then says, this is not on Craigslist. We're not at, you know, you know at Craigslist is a scam or, you know, whatever. Posting on, uh, you know, different Craigslist scams. We're not on Craigslist, so don't uh, you know? Don't call us if you are you're calling for Craigslist. So that's another good thing. Yeah, uh, there's, when there's a will, there's a way. All we can do is help to educate people to help reduce the number of crimes, frauds that occur. Sure. Um, last thing, let's talk about auction property. Uh, sure. You guys have bought um, over twelve hundred properties, I believe, at an auction. Um, Not us personally, but so no, no, no. I mean, you know, I mean, we have been. You have facilitated over. twelve over twelve hundred properties being purchased at auction. So you, you may know what you're actually doing. Maybe I don't know. Uh, we'll yeah, <laughs> a little well, bit. A little bit. <laughs> I learned from one of the best guys in the business who learned from one of the best guys in the business. It's a very unique industry, and it's something that anybody can learn, but not everyone's willing to teach. So. Yeah, because it's kind of close to the vest. If you've ever, and I, I, I cite this book all the time because I, I, I think it's um, it's just an interesting book. You ever read Freakonomics? Um, so Freakonomics came out somewhere in the early 2000s, and it was done by two chief economists who talked about real estate. They, they compared like different industries. It would actually, you should read it. It's a, uh, it's a, so they would compare like the teaching industry to the sumo wrestling. And they would say, well, the sumo wrestling matches are fixed, they're cheating, and the teachers are basically doing the same thing in order to get incentives for the FCATs or whatever. If you get a certain number, or you get an age or whatever, it's all, you know, kind of incentivized. Well, guess who they decided to compare realtors to? Used car salesman. Worse! <laughs> it the, gets worse? Worse! What's worse? The KKK. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what they did it's a clan they <laughs> stick together and if you get in their way they'll fucking kill you exactly, <laughs> exactly. they'll burn you at the stake this is <laughs> I think it's gonna reject and this is live this is live filming live we can't take anything we say back 
so, I mean, and everyone says, like, well, how does that work? You know why? Because the realtors would keep the information close to vest. They would say, I'm not going to give you any information. Just like the KKK doesn't give any information on the club and whatever else you're doing. You know, it's, I mean, it's crazy and it's insane, but that's the perception of what consumers look at. Like, listen, they demanded transparency. We weren't giving them. And who came along and gave it to them? The Zillows, the Trillions, the Rosen.com. But that is, right now, the generational change. But was it disruptors? Did no. you hear? I mean, when our rep came down, he was saying it too, but on one of Adam Contos' podcasts, he was saying, even though we are transparent, like millennials, as in we are transparent to everything, we still need like a handhold and to be like advised on, like, if I'm looking at a house from Zillow, I don't know that something's being built in the backyard until like the agent comes and tells me this. Well, there's the element of human interaction with every single. Like I was just talking to one of my investors about automating the title process. He goes, "Oh, you just make everything automatic. You don't sure. need people. Yeah, you go and <laughs> right. you know like, order a lead search and everything automatically. Sure. Yeah, sure. there will never be. No, I don't think ever with all the artificial intelligence and everything. There's still a human behind it. Yeah. It, it would be very difficult to replace a lot of the industry because there's so, like you said, a human component, but there's also, there's no way that you can get certain information other than the people that have been here. Like, you know, What AI, does it look like inside? Right, or... How old's the roof? Well, you, you know, can pull permits, but if it doesn't, if they didn't pull permits to put the roof, you'll never find out. Exactly. You know, uh, what do you do on title when, when you want to order a, a right Palm Beach County water lien? Like, like, and it takes two weeks to get it. There's many you know? variables in real estate that cannot be automated. This area where we're sitting right now, Federal Highway, now it's a flight path. Right. You think Zillow knows that 800 airplanes a day fly over this office? Mm -mm. And it, it's horrible. If you live over here on the water, and you're outside at two, three, four in the afternoon, especially when the president's in town. Oh, it's horrible all day. That's stuff that no computer can ever calculate, and no algorithm can ever accurately forecast how it adversely or positively impacts value. What's the you know you're a boater? What's the width of the, of the canal? Well, how's your turn? You can measure that on Google yeah. Earth. All right, but <laughs> yeah. you know maybe. Maybe you're further down. How far is it from the inlet? How far? How is deep it? is the water? How deep is the water? You know, high tide, low tide, whatever. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you're a fisherman. You know more of that. But um, it's it, it, Sorry. it, it You said fisherman. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that you call it? Hey, hey, it's like, hey, serious. Hey, fisherman. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> so, um, is it easier or, or more difficult? to bid on auction properties uh, these days. And are you only bidding on, what's that? Are you only bidding on um, foreclosed properties? Or are you bidding on, you know, uh, Department of Treasury or like all of it? Okay, so let me answer that in a very unique approach. It's not easier or more difficult to bid. Bidding is just as easy as it's always been. You click a button. It's actually easier because it used to be live until I think 2010. Uh, auctions were held in a courthouse cafeteria, which I've never attended. I don't know what it looked like, but from what I hear, it was like the good old boys club. They get together, here's the cafeteria, here's the auctioneer, and you bid. Now, everybody is blind to who's bidding until the auction is over. 
So you're literally like going on eBay in a bidding war and you just see numbers increasing and those are bid increments of 100 bucks at a time and you have no idea who's bidding against you. There's no face. They could be in China bidding while you're sitting at the beach in Boca Raton bidding. So it's become a more transparent market. It's become a more fluid market in the sense of anybody can participate at any time without the physical constraints of having to be at an actual physical courthouse. Um, as far as the market goes, the big players can't survive in this environment. When I say big players, it used to be Blackstone and all these big hedge funds that were buying like a billion dollars a year in real estate, of which like, let's just say 50 million of it was through the auction. They can't survive anymore because there's not $50 million of stuff for them to buy. So what happens is they left the marketplace and now there's crumbs left behind. But for a guy like me, crumbs is okay. I could survive on 20, 30, 40 deals a year. Blackstone can't. They need that a day. So market force wise, we're actually volume wise, return wise, it's pretty consistent because A, there's the crumbs and there's a, a decent amount, I don't want to say a lot, there's a decent amount of crumbs out there. And margin wise, we've had some really good margin returns. We've had some losers. It's been like that since the day I got into this. It's nothing new. The prices are just higher. So if you make 10% now on 100,000, it's the same thing as making 20% on 50,000. The numbers are exactly the same. Right. It's just skewed. So let's say an agent is watching or even a consumer is watching and says, you know what? You know, I don't know how to get into the bidding and the auction uh, process. Um, you know, what, what should they do? Should they come to you or should they come to... I know you guys... Uh, do you know some kind of certified or not certified, but a, some kind of training program that you uh, do that you offer, and some and you actually even offer your services to yes. bid uh, on their behalf. So, um, okay, my intent yeah. of doing this with you was not to market myself. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not looking for self promotion, but yeah. you know it's very interesting. You have a very unique proposition that a lot of people are like, you know, they, they especially realtors are like, oh, I don't know what to do with auction properties. Correct. Make some all nuts. So here's the deal. Yes, I'm teaching a class along with the founder of Boca Real Estate Investment Club, David Dweck. Uh, it started, this semester started last week and it's Monday nights, almost every other Monday with some back to back. And I teach it at my office here in East Boca. Uh, it is a paid class and you just contact David Dweck if someone wants to go, but I teach every step. It's eight classes and each class we have a guest speaker and it ranges from last week was a guy who was the underwriting reviewer for a title insurance company called The Fund. He was the main guy that reviews all the title policies in the state of Florida that make sure before they issue a policy that they're not getting screwed by issuing the policy. He explained pitfalls in title. Next week we have a former federal prosecutor who's now a private attorney, uh, Fred Schwartz. He's gonna come talk about what not to do at the auction. There were some people that got in some deep trouble in the past few years for things that they probably didn't even know were federal offenses and they did them and they paid the price for it. So now Fred is there to talk about how to avoid going down that path and how to do the auctions correctly. I teach the class. It's through Boca Real Estate Investment Club. The guests, the information provided, the training, I will show you the goal of the class is when you start off, you probably don't know anything about auctions. By the time you're finished, you will be comfortable bidding, winning, paying, remodeling, and either reselling or renting a property that you bought through auction. The only thing that we don't provide you with is the capital to do so. 
So we're straight up with people. We'll teach you everything. I'll teach you how to ride the bicycle, but I don't give you the bike. <laughs> um, and and I don't ever want anyone that's, uh, I'm, as you know, I'm very concerned with reputation and the level of integrity that we provide with everything we do. People are paying a lot of money for this class. We're straight up. Anyone that's watching, you take this class, you'll learn everything, but I can't provide you with the capital. I have no way of creating it. It's a cash-only auction, meaning you buy here, you pay here. And it's buyer beware. You buy something in the morning, you paid by 2 p.m. the next afternoon, or you lost your deposit. You know, it's, um, and is it, do you only bid in the state of Florida? Do you bid locally? Do you? Currently, I handle Palm Beach County, which is the only place I know. My partner, Eric, handles Broward County, which is pretty much the only place he knows. Outside of that, we've done one deal in Port St. Lucie, and it's, it's like we were discussing earlier, human capital intensive. We can't find a way yet to duplicate what we do outside of that little area because you need crews, you need remodeling crews, you need title agents, you need, there's so much local knowledge needed that no human brain could possibly put it all into one place. Every city is different. Every ordinance is different within each city, within each county. So investments, uh, just like the old, old adage says, you know, invest in what you know and don't invest in uh, something that you don't know. Correct. Right? And with who you know. Really? City of Boca, I can tell you right now, like, we know when it comes to fence repairs that we're allowed to do X amount of fence repair without a permit. But if you do the same thing in the city of Delray, you're going to get cited by code enforcement. If you go and you try to do this outside of your comfort zone and the area that you know really well, you're going to get burnt. That's true. Marshall, thank you very much. We always end um, on one last question. Sure. Right, right is it a, a surprise? Yeah, sort of. It's not really a surprise, but what do we not know about Marshall that you care to share? What do you not know about me? Man, this is like... <laughs> okay, here, I'll tell you what you may not know. So I grew up working in the commercial fishing industry, oh. which is so crazy. Like People are like, wait a second. You went from fishing to real estate. Yeah, Fishing to business brokers, to residential real estate, to owner. Correct. <laughs> um, and the reason, and I want to give a shout out to my buddy Mike Dan, owns one of the largest commercial and party boat and casino boat, you name it, biggest boating fleets in the Northeast. And I learned a lot from him. Growing up working on his boats, learned about customer service. No matter what it took, he made the customer happy. And when you got off his boat, whether it was a fishing boat or a casino boat, if you had a face that you weren't happy, even if it was your own fault, like you got sick, he would make it right. And he would make sure that you left with a smile on your face. Maybe some puke on your shirt too. Yeah. And uh, that has kind of guided me through life that everyone I do business with, whether it's a client or a partner, I have to make sure that they're happy. So I think my, uh, the answer is my upbringing in the commercial industry and how it influenced my career now. That's awesome. Marshall, uh, really, really a pleasure. I think we gave uh, a lot of, you know, to kind of summarize everything, uh, we talked about real estate scams, rental scams, hopefully buyer beware and realtor beware. Uh, we also talked about auction properties and, and your business prop business value proposition at Florida's Best Realty. So um, as owner of Florida Best Realty, Marshall Sklar uh, not only runs a, um, or helps run a, a great brokerage, um, 
Uh, he's not a broker, but helps run a. Um, you know, I am licensed as a sales <laughs> associate. I'm just too lazy to take the broker exam. But I, I gotta say, he's one of the best in the business. Um, he is very good at bringing people together, and that's what this show is. It's uh, really to collaborate. It's uh, really to perpetuate professionalism in our industry, and we both have very similar mindsets. So thank you very much. Thank you. And if anyone ever has auction questions, yes. your clients ask you, reach out to me. Facebook message me, add me as a friend, whatever. I don't mind answering the questions, guys. I don't give legal advice, but I can guide you to the people that can. Awesome. All right. Thanks Marvel. again. Thank you. Wait, a special <laughs> handshake. <laughs> Wait. Oh, oh! <laughs> Do you want to tell them who's in next week? Oh. Next. Where are we? Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry. We, next Tuesday, breakfast with the broker. Uh, we hope it's going to be Tuesday. It'll be next week at some point. It'll be the Chief Operating Officer of REMAX LLC, Nick Bailey. Uh, he was a former, um, one of the heads of uh, Zillow uh, and Calls market it his leader. sabbatical. Sabbatical? Yeah, I listened to He was also the CEO of Century 21 at one point. Uh, so we are looking forward to uh, hearing Nick. Nick uh, really, really is a, uh, a good guest and we'll be live from Vegas. Live from Vegas! <laughs>